Welcome back. It's time for the Gritty Men Podcast. I'm John Riggs, your host, and as always, here to equip, encourage, and inspire God's men to live God's way for God's glory. Hey guys, I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. Thank you for being part of this community of Christian men. And that really is our purpose, to help men live their lives fully to the glory of God. And you will not be sorry that you did so one day when you see Christ Jesus face to face. All right, guys, on the podcast uh, this last week, we did part one of having a growth mindset and learning what that really means. Understanding that most of us have a plan for growth in our life in relation to our businesses, um, our employment, our physical health, um, maybe exercising and honing our talents, um, growth in our knowledge and maturity just as men gaining knowledge for the things of this world. But what we're looking at is the significance and importance of what it means for us to have a growth mindset and our primary focus of growth should be on growing up to the full stature of the Lord Jesus Christ, becoming fully mature men of God. We learned last time on the podcast why it was so significant because of the days in which we are living in that the Apostle Paul says, hey, be very careful then how you walk or how you live, not as unwise but wise, making the most of every single opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, um, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And we know that the will of the Lord is our sanctification, and that is that we were growing into, up to, into the mature uh, mind of Christ. That's what we're trying to do, become more and more like Christ. We also talked about the significance of these last days and how we must grow at a rapid pace and that we each men have a responsibility before God to use what we've been given to grow and to mature and to um, and to exercise these truths in our life so that we become well-equipped, that we become skilled in the things of God because you're going to have to be. That is so important because we're living in a time of deception and we know that that those who are spiritually immature have a tendency to be led astray and if you are fully mature and grown in Christ if you have the mind of Christ if you're a man of the word if you have the knowledge of God's word if you have the knowledge and understanding how to apply the word to your life in every single circumstance temptation test and trial if you've learned these things and have become mature you are going to be one that will what that will stand the test of time. You will do that. Why? Because you love the Word of God. And um, the Word of God is living, it's powerful, it's active, it's all those things, and we want to become men of the Word of God. We want to be fully grown, mature men. Okay, so we're going to continue on with our study this week, talking about how we need to grow up in Christ. Now, here's the thing too, guys. Now, spiritual growth has nothing to do with years necessarily, okay? Our physical growth is supposed to do with years. We all know men who have never grown up and they're 50 years old and they still do adolescent things. In other words, they're still trying to be that high school kid or that college that college kid, still trying to act like that, immature, non-responsible, you know, all of the things you see. Those are infants. Those are adolescent males. But we want to grow up and become what? True men, mature men, 
uh, dependable, constant, steady men. The same is true for our spiritual birth and our spiritual life. We start out as infants, but we are to grow on to maturity. In fact, that's what we're going to learn here in Hebrews chapter 5. The writer says, now let's the rest of us, let's just go on to maturity, man. That's what we are to be about, going on to maturity. Um, now, we have been born of the Spirit, guys. I want you to understand this. We've been given five senses to help us interact with this world in which we live. And these five senses, that is, that is seeing, smelling, touching, tasting, and hearing. These five senses help you and I in this physical realm interact with this world. Now, when you were born, if you were born normal, and what I mean by that is if you don't have a malady of some sort, you had all five senses, and even though you had all five senses, you did not have your senses skilled to discern. What do I mean by that? Here's what I mean. I mean, so when you were an infant or a young child, you had eyes to see, you could see, you could see your parents, you could see the house in which you lived, the floor that you were laying on, you could see, you could see the sun, you could see everything, but you could not and did not understand what it is you were looking at. You didn't have the ability to discern what those things were and make the connection between what you saw and what you knew it was. Therefore, seeing it had no value to you in understanding. The same thing is true about hearing. Now, you could hear your parents talk. You could hear your brother or your sister. You could hear the birds or, or you could hear a dog bark or a horse whinny or a cow moo, a car drive by. You could hear it, but because of your, your immaturity and your infancy, there was no connection between what you were hearing to be able to identify with what the object and the sound was that it was making. The same goes true for taste and for smell. You could smell your mom making chocolate chip cookies as an infant, but you had no way of connecting the dots between how amazing that smelled and what it was that you uh, were smelling. And it's that way with all of the senses. Now, we have been born again of the Spirit, and we, according to the Word of God, are supposed to keep in step with the Spirit of God. We are to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. We are a spirit with a body. In fact, that's why we focus on discipline of three areas in our lives on this podcast. We have a mind, we have a body, and we have a spirit. And we, we exercise discipline in all three of those areas because we're a triune being and we need what? To have discipline and growth as men of God in those three areas of our life. And as we think about sensory, we need to, to have our senses, what, tuned and our senses sharpened in order that we as Christian men can hear the word of God, can read and understand the word of God, that we can discern the days that we're living in, that we can sense those things that are good and those things that are evil, that we can see our God, our creator, our Lord, and our redeemer when he's at work around us. When we're at work and we're in conversation with somebody, that we're able to spiritually discern from the conversation that, hey, God has just opened up a door for me to begin to speak to this person about spiritual matters. And you're going to be able to 
to as you begin to grow and mature in Christ and you become skilled at the word of God and your senses become tuned and skilled, you're going to be able to what? Be able to interact in this physical realm and the spiritual realm and they are all operating in this thing together and you're going to be able to understand a whole lot more about what is going on around you at all times. This is so very important that you understand these things. 2 Corinthians 4.18, the Apostle Paul says, As we look not to the things that are seen, that is what we normally do. We're looking at things from the physical world perspective. But remember, the spirit realm coincides with the physical realm. It is right here with us. In fact, we are three-dimensional beings, and there's more dimensions we just can't see. We don't have eyes to see physically into the spiritual realm. But when you have spiritual eyes to see, you will see the spiritual realm being manifested in the physical realm. You'll be able to see these things happening. You'll be able to be aware of what's going on. You'll be more in tune to the leading of the voice and you'll be hearing the Spirit of God speak to you and lead you and direct you. And your mind will become more in tune to these things as you're going through your day and you're struggling with something or you need to give someone uh, some encouragement, the Word of God. God will quicken in your mind and you'll be able to re to, to be able to share those things as you go along. You'll be going through your day and all of a sudden you'll be thinking about someone and the spirit of God is laying an individual on your heart and you just begin to pray for that person. You don't know why, you don't know what's going on, but it's not important. You just know that the spirit of God what? Impress that person upon your own heart and you just begin to pray for that person and intercede for that person and you don't know what that person's going through. It could be a spiritual struggle. It could be something physically that's going on. It could be God getting ready to step in and to protect them from something in the physical realm. Who knows? But God knows. And therefore, we want to be men who are heightened in our spiritual senses that we grow and mature and see spiritual infants in Christ. They don't have these skills developed yet. You know, in scripture, when it says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit says. See, we all have ears, and if you're normal and you don't have a, if you're not deaf, then you can hear things, but when you're an infant, you don't know what you're hearing. You're just hearing a noise, and this is the thing. We want to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, so we're able to hear the Spirit, and then we're able to what? To respond to whatever it is the Spirit is speaking to us, whether it's through the Word of God, which is how God speaks to us. Sometimes it's the unctioning of the Spirit of God in our life where the Holy Spirit is speaking to us quietly, still, quiet, gently speaking to us, urging us, giving us a sense of urgency, whatever it might be. Because we have, we have this, this incredible um, gift of the Spirit of God living in us. And God sent us the Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit of God comes and He lives with us. And He dwells with us. And He, he, he is our paraclete, man. He, he helps us do what we cannot do in and of ourselves. And we cannot, what, know the way of the things in the spirit realm that we can't see or understand if we are not what in tune to the things of the Holy Spirit to the Spirit of God because the Spirit searches all things of God and knows the heart of God and the thoughts of God 
And that's so important that we get this, guys, okay? Especially moving into these latter days. Now, I don't care what your eschatology is because we could have podcast after podcast on different, um, different thoughts of eschatology. But here's the thing. Number one, we need to be ready, period. We need to be prepared. We need to grow up and mature. I don't, I'm not going to sit here to debate your eschatology, which is the study of end times. Listen, we know the scriptures have been given to us. We know that Jesus Christ is coming again. We know the world is fastly approaching the day of the Lord. We understand that those days will be very deceptive. We know that false teachers are going out into the world. And we also know that in in um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that there's coming a time in the future, and you may think you're going to be out of here. That's fine. But nonetheless, if you're not, you need to know this, that God says he's going to what? He's going to be pulling back his restraining against wickedness and evil, and it's going to be given its way. Right now, God says, no, you can only go this far. I'll only allow this. You, just like the water where he set a boundary and said, you can go that far and no more. There's coming a time where literally all hell will break loose, and that will be a time of considerable chaos and unprecedented deception in ways the world has never seen before. And we are in the precursor of all those things right now, and this great apostasy that's going to happen happen and the falling away guys how do you shore yourself up you grow up in Christ you get out of the regular lane you hit your left hand blinker and you get on the autobahn and you hit the Ferrari and you drive the throttle to the floor because our goal is to grow up in Christ Jesus and there are times in which in history you have to grow up quickly. And wartime is a time when kids have to grow up quickly. We are in a time where Christian men must grow up quickly. So this is what I'm here to encourage you to do today. To grow up very, very quickly. Now here, um, Paul here is, is writing to the Corinthian believers. Now this is anywhere from three to five years after Paul's second missionary journey, which he actually goes to the city of Corinth and he preaches the gospel there and the church begins and Jews and Gentiles are saved by faith in Christ and the church begins. It's only been three or five years now and Paul the apostle is writing this letter to the Corinthian believers and listen to this this aspect here that Paul is writing. I'm going to start in chapter 2 verse 6 go through chapter 3 verse 2. Listen. Yet among you the mature we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age. In other words Paul says we're imparting you a wisdom that's not of this world, okay? We know how important it is to gain worldly wisdom. We understand that. But Paul says there is a wisdom that is, that is as much actually more important than the wisdom of this world. And it is this wisdom that we get from the word of God. Listen, it's, it's not of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. Why is it so insignificant for us to be the most wise men of the world? Not that it's insignificant because we need to know what's going on in our world, but this is it. This world is passing away, guys. It's passing away. But, Paul says, we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, okay? This isn't Gnosticism uh, where they have some secret wisdom that they, that they have that's been withheld and, and been voiced down through the history of the ages that the very elect get this little bit of knowledge, this secret things of Satan. No, 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 no. This is a wisdom that God gives. Um, it's decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Paul says, listen, 
If the Jewish leaders would have known this wisdom of who Christ Jesus was when he came, they wouldn't have crucified him. But as it's written, No eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? Listen, nobody knows what you're thinking at any given moment. You don't have a bubble above your head that has the writing in what you're thinking. No, but you know what you're thinking. This is what Paul's saying. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, knows what God's mind thinks. What is the mind of God? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, okay, but the Holy Spirit who is from God, that we might, here's the purpose, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. See, the Holy Spirit's been given to us so that we can understand. That's why we need to learn to be able to hear the Spirit, to be in tune with the Spirit, to walk in step with the Spirit, because the Spirit is going to teach us the things of God through His Word. <clears throat> and we impart this word, these words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by this Holy Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Holy Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. See, the things of God are spiritually discerned. You and I both know people who have read this Bible many, 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 many times, but it doesn't mean anything to them. It has no value to them. Well, these things are spiritually discerned. And if you're born of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit then is our teacher to teach us and instruct us in the doctrines and the truths of God's Word. The spiritual person judges all things. It's important that we get that. But he himself is to be judged by no one for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. That's awesome. Brothers, Paul says to these believers, I could not address you as spiritual people, in other words, mature, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now, you are not ready. So here's the thing. These, these believers in Corinth um, were not ready yet to receive what Paul was teaching them. And so they needed to grow up. They were still on milk. And, and milk's a great thing if you're an infant. But meat is what we crave as we grow and we mature in Christ. Um, here's one of the, the things that I've seen um, in the church over the last... Well, I'd have to say 40 years because, I mean, by the time I was in 10 years old, I mean, I was, you know, able to discern a little bit of what was going on. Not much, probably, but growing up in the church my whole life, um, it seems as if it's not that people grow up in Christ in the church, but they grow old in the church, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, you can have people that would share a testimony of conversion and believing faith, and they would share that about something that happened 40 or 50 years ago. But they never in their testimony ever shared anything that God had done in their life since then. They didn't have anything to share that God was doing in their life now currently or what he had done a year ago or six months ago or two weeks ago. It was always like, you know, back in 1954, I was here and here and here and, and I was gloriously saved and praise God for the salvation. But see, th th there was nothing past that. 
So they grew old, but they didn't grow up in Christ. In fact, in the church, you'll see this age of conversion um, and number of years being a Christian does not reciprocate into maturity at all. But there are those that have been saved three years. They might be as spiritually mature as some in the church that have been Christians for 40 years. And a lot of that was due in part to the effort that they put in to growing in the knowledge of God and, and what and, 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 and applying the truths of God's word to their life. And, and so the Apostle Paul here um, is, is, is kind of speaking that there's a little bit of a Peter Pan syndrome going on here. <laughs> you know, Peter Pan was a, was, a, was a make-believe deal, but a boy who refused to grow up and spent... Um, his never-ending childhood, adventuring on the small island of Neverland. Now, this is so very, very true. He was a leader of what he called the Lost Boys. Now, he didn't want to grow up, so he stayed um, in this never-ending childhood, adventuring on this island of Neverland. And there's so many Christians today, unfortunately, that are still living for this age and for this world. I call it Neverland, if you will. Um, it's never going to bring him what they thought it's going to bring uh, because that can only be found in Christ. And so they're, they're spending their time living in Neverland and living amongst the lost boys. But see, that's not how we are to be. Um, we are to grow up. We don't want to stay spiritually infants, happy living in this present age, much like lost boys. We want to grow up in Christ Jesus, and it's imperative that we do so. Now, in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 6-2, I want to read this to you. Um, it's already been 21 minutes. We're going to roll through this pretty quick because I want to get this across to you. And hopefully it will be a huge blessing to you as we move forward. Here we go. About this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those, here it is, for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained. How did they do it? By constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and the instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. So Paul, or I say Paul, something he wrote, uh, the book of Hebrews, no one knows for certain, so I'm not going to say that he did, but some believe he did. But nonetheless, the writer of Hebrews here is 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 basically having some truth, especially about Jesus Christ being the high priest and how he is of the line of the king priest, Melchizedek. And there's, there's, there's more here that the writer is wanting to teach them and tell them, but he's not able to. And, and here's something we're all in danger of, guys. The first thing we notice here is that these, these individuals that um, the writer of Hebrews is writing to, which we know they were Jews, right? They're, this is the book of Hebrews, writing to the Jews. And by the way, the book of Hebrews was written 25 to 30, 35 years after Christ's death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. So it's not like it had been very long. In fact, Peter preaches the first gospel message, what is it, in Acts, the very first part of Acts, and we have a few thousand that are that are saved and baptized. And so 
these 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 individuals it hadn't been that many years and the writer of Hebrews is basically saying hey listen I want to tell you some more here but you can't understand it and here's the danger this is such a dangerous thing guys he says um, you've become dull of hearing that means slothful um, that is sluggish or lazy okay um, in other words a loss of interest, if you will. They're, they're actually lazy listeners. They're, there's no effort or intent on their part to really listen and to learn. Just kind of a little, oh yeah, uh-huh, whatever. You know, kind of like uh, you, you, you've done many, many, many times, you know, when your mom or your dad was giving you instruction or telling you not to do something for the 15th time and you're just kind of like, uh-huh, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. You know, you remember those days, right? You, you didn't listen with intent, and there's, there's so much of this that we see today. There's such lazy listening going on. It's as if the people in the church are seriously just so apathetic. It's like, every not everyone, but many of them are just leaning back and just yawning to the truths of God's Word. They're just lazy and listening, just kind of humdrum, kind of just going through the motions. There's no passion. There's no zeal. Now listen, um, when you really want to hear something, though, let's say, for example, you're hunting in the elk woods. And let me tell you something. When you hear a bull elk begin to bugle, ooh, you're tuned in, man. And I, I, I'll be there and I'm in the woods and, and, and maybe I've, I've, I've bugled and done a location bugle and, and it's early in the morning and it's still dark and I'm on some ridge somewhere and man, I, I let out a location bugle and I sit there and it's pitch black and the wind is still and man, I close my eyes and I'm just listening listening for the slightest, the slightest, faintest bugle just to get bearing and direction. I am intently listening. And then you hear it. He breaks out a bugle. Oh, it's faint, but you have a direction. And off you go in that direction. See, it's listening with intent. Have you become dull of hearing? Are you listening to the Spirit of God in your life? Or have you become humdrum, dull, slothful, lazy in your listening? Because James says, do not be mere hearers of the Word, but be doers. See, there's a, there's a connection here between the responsibility of hearing and doing right? And so he says, the reason that I can't, you just become dull in your hearing, man. You're not growing. There's no zeal. There's no passion. You're not connected. He says, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You still need someone to teach you. Let me, let me tell you another reason for this whole entire podcast, the Greedy Company, everything. It is to what? It is to, to bring together a community of like-minded men who are all desiring to live their life for the glory of God. And in so doing, disciple these men and disciple one another. And let me tell you something. Discipleship does not happen on a Sunday morning. It doesn't. There are things that we learn on Sunday morning. There is a gathering and worship on Sunday morning, and they're important for us to do as the body of Christ, but that's not the same as discipleship because discipleship is doing life together. 
Men don't do well kumbayaing, man. We don't like to sit around a fire and talk about our feelings. That's not what we do. But we do things shoulder to shoulder. In other words, give me an activity. Give me a contest. Give me something to do together with men. And then men communicate as they're doing something together, physically doing something. And I don't mean sitting around singing and marshmallow roasting. No, that's not the kind of men I can be around. I want to be around men who are doers, men that are masculine, and I don't mean bulging muscles and all that stuff and worldly. No, I mean godly men who have a knowledge of God, who are living for God, and who are sharpening one another as we clash metal together and as we do life together. The whole point of this entire thing is to grow men in Christ to full maturity. That's our goal, to help men on their way to the upward call, towards the goal of what? The high calling of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is that? The reward that we're all looking to receive one day. And so he says, by this time you ought to be teachers. See, guys, there's a point in time where the student becomes a teacher, and you don't have to wait that long. You know, one of my youngest sons, he's going to one of the state universities, and every once in a while, he'll have a student who is actually being paid by the college to come in and teach a class. Now, the student is able to because the student was taught by the professor and has progressed enough and has enough understanding that the student of the professor is now teaching other students. See, that's the goal. You don't have to be the Apostle Paul to be teaching other men. You have a lot that you can teach other men. And some young men can teach older men. Unfortunately, that's the truth, especially in the church today. Here's the thing. Where are the men, the older men, who can come along a young, the side of a younger man and actually teach him anything of the things of God? Where are they? I've only known a few older men in my entire life that were either willing to or were able to come alongside other young men and teach them much of anything because many of the older men had just grown old in church instead of growing up in church. And so these people here should have already been teachers and still they needed someone to teach them, listen to this, the basic oracles of God. Here's the thing. Once you learn the basics, okay, of absolutely anything, I don't even care what it is, just the basics of anything. Once you learn the basics, you're already able to be a teacher. Now, you may not have to be a teacher at the high, high, high level of knowledge and understanding, but you know what you can teach? You can teach the basics. So see, you should be able to teach the basics because the basics are what we learn when we're infants in Christ. And this person here wants to write these and teach these others, but he says, listen, I can't even teach you what I want to teach you because you still need someone to teach you the basic oracles of God. Basics. You know, like, how is one saved? The basics are the death, the burial, the resurrection, justification, you know, salvation, redemption, atonement, the... Um, there's so many things we could put in here and, and, and we should be able to share and to tell others about. These are simple basics, man. They were not growing was the problem. They were not growing. We have churches full of grown infant men spiritually. 
They're, they're grown in the things of the world. They're successful in business. They're a husband. They have a family, you know, whatever you want to say. But when it comes to the things of God, some of them have been a Christian more years than they've been married, and yet they can't even teach you the basic basic principles of the Word of God. See, that's called a malady. There's something wrong there. Absolutely there is. It's not right. And so we want to move past this. So they were not growing. They were not able to understand the deeper truths of Scripture, which the writer calls meat. These Christians were still drinking milk, and milk is for infants. In other words, it's easier to chew. It's easier to digest. Um, they were, here's, the, here's what the writer says, they were unskilled in the word of righteousness. Now, the, let me speak to you guys about what you do for a living. And if, and if you're listening to this podcast and you're a man uh, listening, you know you take great pride in what you do. And you, if you're like me, I don't want to be doing something that I don't know how to do. Now, I realize that all of us start off this way. You start a new job, a career, you're learning a new trade, you're learning a new talent, whatever it could be, you all start off the same way at the beginning thing. But here's the deal, guys. We hate being unformed and unable to perform our task. I don't want someone looking over my shoulder. I don't want someone having to come in every day and teach me it all over again. I want you to show me how to do it once, and then I'm going to do it. Now, if I don't do it correctly or the way I should be doing it, then correct me, but I'm going to get this thing figured out pretty darn quick. We're made that way. Then why is it when it comes to the things of God and the Word of God, there are men that have been Christians for years, but they are completely, totally unskilled in the Word of righteousness? They're unskilled. Well, the reason they are is because they've not trained themselves. They've not, they've not put in the effort They've not put in the due diligence and discipline themselves and memorize scripture and spent time in the word of God. They're unskilled, man. They don't have skill. Now, here's the, here's the thing. Think about this. You, you may know someone like this at work. I don't know if you do or don't, but I've seen a few of them in my lifetime. Um, someone that uh, was just entirely unskilled in what they were doing, and they'd been doing the job for quite a while but they were completely unskilled. Um, those individuals don't do well. In fact, they're either going to get somebody hurt or they're going to get fired or, or, or something like that's going to take place because there is the expectation at your employment or if you're the boss or you own a company, there are expectations you have for not only yourself but for your employees or an employer has for um, employees there's expectations of growth, of becoming skilled at what you do. And that's the only way you're able to move up and you get paid based on skill, right? So the more proficient you get, the, the, more, you, the more you make. And there comes a point in time where you should be able to teach your job to someone else who needs to come in and learn that position. You should be able to teach them. Here's the thing, the same is true about the doctrines and the word and the oracles of God. You should become skilled in the word of righteousness. Why? Because these things are everlasting, eternal. They're significant. They're spiritual things, and they're the most important of all. Um, the word here just simply means without experience, unskilled, ignorant, inexperienced, or not successful when tested. Here's the thing, too. The tests are going to come. That's just the way it is. Um, 
for example, if you knew you were going to going to run a 50 mile race this year, okay? Some of you may say, no, I'm going to run a, a marathon or I'm going to run a, a 10K, whatever it would be, half marathon. Maybe you're going to do a triathlon. I don't know what it could be. Your goal is to kill a bull elk this year with your bow. I don't know what it is. But listen, you've got a goal. Now, if you really, really, really are going to try to achieve your goal, you know there's a test that's coming. In fact, the whole journey of you being successful on the day that you actually attempt to complete your goal the way you know you'll be successful in doing it is what? It is the pre-work that you've done in order to get to that day. Because see, if you've done your due diligence, the day that you run that 50-mile race, you're going to complete it. The reason you're going to complete it is because you have put your body under tremendous uh, testing, stress, strain, and growth through that process of time. And by the time the race gets here, you're already ready. See, it's the, it's the development through that time that has you ready. Same thing for the Word of God. We need to be what? Developing ourselves through um, time as we study the Word of God and learn in order that we can become skilled men of God, skilled in the Word of righteousness. This word means uh, people who lack adequate knowledge. Um, they fail to do their lack of familiar because due to lack of familiarity or practice, okay? Um, the word of righteousness, the Logos, Jesus is the word. These are gospel doctrines and truths. Um, and then he says, um, solid food, though, it's for the mature. So the, the word here that we're looking at for the word mature here, which is really kind of an interesting um, word, it is the word teleos. It's kind of like a telescope. For example, you know the old pirates? Um, you'd see them on their ship and they would just, or even like um, maybe an old general in the Civil War or whatever, he would take out of his, 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 um, his uh, saddlebag and he'd pull out this short little, little thing and then he would begin to telescope it out. And that's what this word here means right here. That means to reach the full end, to complete. And that's what we're talking about here. Um, to become complete in all parts, fully grown, full of age, of full age. Um, that means specifically of the completeness of Christian character. And that's what we're doing. We're pulling that telescope out, and, and we're, that's how we're progressing to get to that point of what our goal is. And that is completeness of Christian character is, is a wonderful goal that we have in this. So it's the end goal. It is the necessary process, the spiritual journey. It is spiritual growth. It is reaching the end. It is, it is reaching the aim, the goal. It is well illustrated with the old pirate's telescope, as I mentioned to you. So now the writer is going to move on and say, here's how, here's how they come to the point of maturity. For those who have their powers of discernment trained, by practice, constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Here's the deal. If you like to bow hunt, okay, you can go buy you a bow or maybe you just want to go kill an elk this year with your bow and you've never bow hunted. Well, I would encourage you to do that. It's an incredible experience to go bow hunting. Um, hunting in general is just incredible to get out into the nature of God where we see his invisible qualities, internal power, divine nature are seen, clearly understood by what he's created. That's why we call it nature, because it's God's nature, okay? Um, we get to see the power of God. We get to see 
um, his invisible qualities just through what he's created. But nonetheless, um, if you want to do this, you are going to have to practice. If you just go down to Shields or Bass Pro and, you know, it's August 28th and you're like, I think I'll go buy me an elk tag over the counter and I, I'm just going to go ahead and just go elk hunting. I'm just going to run down here. Um, I'm going to pick out a bow, uh, grab me some arrows, screw some broadheads on there, and I'm just going to go out and go hunt. Well, I can guarantee you 100% you will, be, you will not be successful because there is an element of constant practice and training that is required to become proficient at anything we do. And what Paul is getting at here, notice he calls them their, the powers of discernment. All right, this is another, another um, translation uses the word senses. There, what we're doing is we're training ourselves to become discerning to the things of God. You know, the spiritual things going on around us. We become in tune to those things. And the way we do it is through constant practice, listening, studying the Word of God, applying the truth to, of God's Word to our life in daily circumstances, in daily testing, in daily experiences, we apply the truth. As we're doing these things, listening, staying in step with the Spirit, communing with the Father through prayer, we become more and more in tune to the spiritual things going on around us. And we are what? Now we're able to have some discernment. And discernment is a gift, but all gifts must be practiced they must be practiced in order that they can, what, be honed and that they can be trained. The word that Paul uses here, which is very, very interesting, the word trained is the word that we get gymnasium from. It is like physical exercise in the widest sense to train. Um, it means like stripping off everything but a loincloth and just training. Nothing's holding you back. Um, it is to train with one's full effort, with full effort. And let me just say this. There are very few things in this world that if you put every ounce of effort you had into it that you could not be successful at. Very few things. But there's very few things that we put that kind of effort toward. Let me say this. If you're struggling in your marriage... Go to the marriage gym. Start putting in some effort for your marriage. If you struggle with parenting, get to the gym, the parenting gym, and start what? Start putting in some effort in your parenting. When it comes to this spiritual maturity, there, there are probably few to none of us, and I'm talking about myself, who train with full effort full effort you know what happens to you when you go to the gym and I mean and you work out and you just you get that pump and you just get jacked and you train hard well your muscles grow they tear down and they grow they tear down and they grow and you get growth and you get bigger and you get stronger and it's that way whether you run or whether you shoot a bow or you shoot a gun or you do some sort of rodeo event or some athletic event or, or anything at all. When you give full effort to it, man, I'm telling you, you can do incredible things. I'm just trying to encourage you to train yourself spiritually 
as you would physically in the gym. To give it full effort, discipline, even when you don't feel like it, guys. I've got to go to the gym today. I don't feel like going, but you know what? I'm going to go anyway because there's a benefit there. Same thing here, guys. I want to encourage you to train yourself. It's complete emotional force like when working out intensely in a gymnasium. If you will apply this effort to your spiritual life in the study of the Word of God, in prayer to the Father, in listening to the Holy Spirit, in, in, in applying the promises of the, of, the, of the word of Christ Jesus in your circumstance and in your life, and you walk in obedience to him with fervency and zeal and effort, if you will do that, I will guarantee you, you will grow, and you will grow quickly. Guys, it's imperative. It's imperative that we grow in these incredible days that we're living in so we're not tossed to and fro like some little boat without a rudder in these days. We will be what? We will, we will put our direction true north. No matter what comes, no matter what blows, no matter what happens, we are going to stay and maintain because we will be solid, constant, godly, consistent men of God, fully grown in Jesus Christ. We want to be those men. And guys, it's up to you how fast you get there. And you can get there by simply determining the rate and the time will equal the distance. You can do this. And I encourage you to do this, guys. Be a gritty man. Give it all you have. Everyone in your sphere of influence will be greatly impacted. Godly men are men that are needed in this generation. God bless you guys. Until next time on the Gritty Bin Podcast, stay gritty. Gritty.